goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Wednesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you... Would like to be on the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. As always, lots of news, news just bursting out by the seams. There is uh, fanny news today. Yeah, the fanny pot is brimming, so to speak. Uh, we're not going to do the fanny news yet. Not yet. Okay, okay. We okay. like to we we like to save the fanny. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. It's like the we got to get the fi- the fanny ripe. Ah, uh, okay. well, we, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, you ready for the fanny? Yes, always. Okay, always ready, Diego. Always ready for the fanny. Uh, yes, there I am. is. <laughs> <laughs> There is news, uh, of course, out of New York. Uh, It is remarkable to me, ladies and gentlemen, this bill that the the I Hate Cops bill that the New York City Council has passed, because that's what it is. Make no mistake about it. New York City Council has an utter disdain for New York City policemen, most of them. Most of these elected officials view the cops, view the police officers as a force for evil that deserves to be checked at every stop. Now, you think about this stupid, this utterly brainless, idiotic, stupid regulation that they are putting on police officers to record every interaction they have with somebody by race, by whatever, by whatever. Every single interaction. This is absolute mind-boggling stupid. And then ask yourself a key question. Who's going to read all those reports? We have tens of thousands of New York police officers out on the street 24 hours a day interacting with members of the public. They are all going to now have to be forced by these brainless wonders that are in the city council. These people who have no regard... These people, I remember when Neil Nigel, when my good my friend Nigel Farage addressed the the EU, and I thought it was one of the finest political speeches I've ever heard in my life. He turned to them, he looked them in the face and said, most of you have never worked an honest day in your life. Not honest work, not the work that regular people have to do. Most of you have never, is that Rita? Deegs, is that Rita? Is that Rita Cosby? I'm talking to them and they are totally ignoring me. But I'll see when he gets back whether he'll pay attention to me. I've been talking to you, Diego. Is that Rita Cosby? Rita Cosby. When Rita Cosby comes in, I, 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 I have to say hello to you her. You just sorry completely ignore me. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask Rita to just step in and say hello for a few minutes, but that's okay. Okay, sorry. Totally ignored on my own show. Anyway, 
these brainless wonders, these brainless wonders at City Hall, I mean, I'm sorry, City Council, New York City Council, ask yourself one question. Now that they have demanded that the tens of thousands of people serving this city get bogged down reporting every single interaction that they have with people. Who in, who in, the, who in the world? Rita. Rita, Rita, Rita. Rita, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Rita, and let also, me ask. Now that I'm seeing you, but you are, uh, where are you sitting? That yeah, you I'm look just like my, warm I'm and you look like you're like about I'm to go work out. I'm just chilling out. I'm chilling out. I'm chilling out. I got to ask you a question, Rita. These, this new law, <laughs> this new law that the New York City Council has seen fit to impose on New York police officers that they have to record every single, every single incident where they interact with somebody. Why do you think that they did this, Rita? Why are they doing this to New York City police officers? Because they are ideologues. I mean, they are clearly individuals who have a political bent. I think they think it's good to bog police officers down. And look, if you look at the vote, my friend, it was 42 to 9. 42 to 9. What does that say to you? There were very few people who voted against it. They overwhelmingly think police officers are better sitting behind desks than protecting our citizens. And this is going to be... Con- the continuing onslaught of what's happening to New York. All right, I got in one more question for you. Who do you think is going to read all these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reports that the police now are forced to write on every single, single interaction that they have with individuals? That's Who's a great question. It? You know what it is? Sadly, they'll find money for that. They won't defund the police uh, for that aspect. Everything else, oh, take them off the street. We have to cut back. We can't have more on the subways. We can't do this. They can't bother XXX. But if it fulfills their DEI requirements that they are gung-ho on, they'll suddenly find maybe some extra money for that. So they are indeed, you are hitting it right on the head. They are going to have to hire supervisors who are going to screen the paperwork now. So Suddenly, they'll find money for their priorities, and that is the sad thing. And I'm telling you, I talked to so many officers here. They are fed up. They are saying this is it. They can't wait to leave the department. They're having trouble recruiting. Who wants to be a cop in New York? And then they're getting beaten by migrants, too, also in Times Square. And those people are already walking the streets. What message does it send? Our poor cops are out there flailing. We need to support them. Amen to that. Rita. As always, you are a one-woman media empire, Rita. Look who's talking, but I don't. But I don't look as good as you. I don't oh, look as good come as you, on, my friend. Come on, you and me in a room. You get to vote every time. Oh. You're wonderful, Rita. Oh, Thank you so you much. Love you very much, and love your show, my friend. Thank you so much. That's Rita, and boy, I tell you what, she's amazing. You can find Rita everywhere on the media, radio, television, everywhere. Rita Cosby, she's amazing. We've known each other for a bit of time, but she still looks very, very youthful. I don't. Anyway, so you have that. If you want to weigh in on that, 800-848-WABC is the number. I just still cannot. I'm stunned by this. That everywhere in the, everywhere, every single interaction that a New York police officer has now, they have to make a report. This is just, 
It's stupidity on steroids. And then these immigrants, as Rita brought up, from Venezuela, give two cops a beatdown in Times Square. Now, that story, I got to ask you this. There was a day that four people would not have been able to take down two armed New York City police officers. They would have gotten the snot beaten out of them. That was back in the days when police had billy clubs, when police had everything that they could use, and four police officers, I mean four hoodlums, Against two police officers, the hoodlums wouldn't win. So it's still stunning to me that New York police officers are taking a beatdown in Times Square. Then three of those that beat down the officers are released, and they are here in this country illegally. I don't know how much further, folks, I don't know how much more evidence you need to see what Democrats are doing to your city and to this country. While all that is happening, the Federal Bureau of Prisons is now partnering with the League of Women Voters and the American Civil Liberties Union the Campaign Legal Center, and the Washington Lawyers Committee to make sure that criminals in jail can vote. While all that, yes, you heard me right. Under Joe Biden, the Federal Bureau of Prisons is partnering with the League of Women Voters, the American Civil Liberties Union, the Campaign Legal Center, and the Washington Lawyers Committee You can find the story today at the Daily BS to make sure that criminals in jail can still vote for their favorite Democrat. Let's go west, young man and young lady. Let's go west. We're ready. Oregon. Decriminalize drugs. This is another one of these liberal hellholes where liberals completely run amok, they run run the show, just like this idiotic city council here in New York. Liberals run everything. So the liberals out there said, you know what would be a really good idea? Let's, let's, I know what, I know what, let's, let's decriminalize drugs. Let everybody take any kind of drug that they want. Let's just get rid of all, all the laws with the drugs. The laws are, people have a right to do drugs. Let them do all the drugs they want. And the other liberals sat around. <sighs> yeah, man, that's a real good idea, man. It's really cool, man. Let's get rid of all the drug laws, man. And so they did it. They got rid of all the drug laws. Oregon leaders have declared a 90-day state of emergency in Portland to battle the city's debilitating fentanyl crisis three years after decriminalizing possession of all drugs. Governor Tina Kotek, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, and some other little local official out there made the declaration 
They're directing all their agencies to work with first responders to connect people addicted to synthetic opiates like fentanyl, the resources including drug treatment programs, and to crack down on drug sales, the very drug sales that they legalized. And, by the way, last week we reported that some Democrats in Oregon now saying, hey, this was a bad idea, let's reverse it. We, the rest of us, tried to tell them, don't do this. You would be making a horrible mistake. Don't do this. But did they listen? Nah, man, that's just those conservative MAGA people like, you know, those people, man, come on, man, let's criminalize all the drugs, man. Come on, man. We, I mean, what's wrong, man? You smoke a little reefer, man. You know, come on, you snort up with your Coke. You know what I'm saying? You know, a little meth here and there. Come on. You know, what's wrong with that? The whole city. The whole city. There was a term that Trump, Donald Trump used when he was president to describe certain nations. He called them, I can't say it here, that word, blank holes, that describes the entire state of Oregon pretty much, thank you, Democrat Party, and their intent on making New York City the same kind of S-hole that they have made Oregon and San Francisco. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. 1957. Twelve o'clock, rock, we're gonna rock. Around the clock tonight. Decca Records. Happy as can be. They announced that Bill Haley in the comments. Rock around the clock and sold over a million copies. Not here, but overseas, across the pond. And this was mostly on, across the pond, they were selling singles at 78s. Do you know what a 78 is, Diego? No, is that, uh, is that an RPM? Yeah. Uh, Ava, do you know what a 78 is? Yeah, what he said, right? What's that? What he said, RPM, vinyl. Y- yeah, but, okay. We're young. We're young. The 45s were smaller. The yeah. 45 Rotations RPM. Right. And then you had the 33s. They're a little bit smaller than albums. The 78s were about the size of a record album. So you had this single that was sold on a 78, which is a... Thank you, Philip. Philip is explaining it to me. Philip is, is my guy. I mean, he knows... This is the guy that is unafraid to wear pink and celebrate Barbie and go to the Barbie movie and be like the only guy getting all the gals at the Barbie movie. He is a trendsetter. He knows old school. He knows new school. We got to teach the youth about shellac records. Oh, now you're talking. Goodness. Wait, I thought, course, okay, wait, I thought 33 and a, and a third was, was the actual 12-inch record. Am I wrong? It, it may. I gotta look and see how many inches it is, but it's 
smaller than a 78. It's okay. smaller. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, so there you go. Five, six, By the way, uh, a hint to all of the young, eligible, young, eligible, worthwhile, non-loser men. For all of the non-loser young men, the most beautiful call screener in America is taking your calls this afternoon. She has brains. She has beauty. She ain't putting up with no mess. She's beautiful. Too much of anything is not good for you, baby. And you can try your best to call him. I don't know about that. Convince her that. As many times as we love. Maybe you might be the one to share love. And to share those wonderful moments. And I guarantee you with her, it's just not enough. It'll never be enough. It's never enough. She's working today. Again, alert. Eligible, young, non-loser men. The most beautiful amazingly beautiful call screener in the entire country is here and she's working my show today. Most nervous rush out here on WABC 800-848-WABC. Coming back, we have to talk a little Zuckerberg when we get back. So, keep it right here. What can I say? What am I gonna do? How should I feel? On the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, 2015, rock and roll singer songwriter Don Covey passed away. This is one of his biggest. He wrote Pony Time for Chubby Checker. It's better to have and don't need. He wrote Seesaw, Mercy, Mercy. So many hits from Don Covey. Now, special shout out to Wanda and Wendy Covey, my schoolmates. I went to school with Don Covey's daughter. They were twins, Wanda and Wenda, Wendy. They're just beautiful people. And their mom used to babysit from my mom occasionally and so all the kids would be together Don Jr Wendy Wanda and Mrs. Covey Yvonne Covey was one of the most incredible you talk about beautiful wow I remember as a kid looking at her and saying wow this woman's beautiful and nice as can be 
So a little shout out, Wanda and Wendy, remembering your dad, the great R&B singer, songwriter, Don Covey, on this day. All right, folks, today in the Senate, an embarrassment. And Mark Zuckerberg was there, face, well, Meta, Facebook. The TikTok CEO was there, shout you. Somebody from Snap. I don't even know what Snap is. Discord. Jason Citron. And they all had to listen to how awful they are, how awful their companies are, et cetera, et cetera. So this is part of what it sounded like in that uh, Senate hearing today. Mark Zuckerberg took the brunt of all of the, uh, the attacks. Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes killing people, we did some about it, maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns. We have the ATF. Nothing here. There's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. You can't be sued. That's now, Wendy Senator Blumenthal and Blackburn, who've been like the dynamic duo here, have found emails from your company where they warned you about this stuff. And you decided not to hire 45 people that could do a better job of policing this. So the bottom line is you can't be sued. You should be. And these emails would be great for punitive damages. But the courtroom's closed to every American abused by all the companies in front of me. If I, and, and later on, Josh Howley went after Mark Zuckerberg uh, and, and pretty much made him apologize as and mark zuckerberg t- stood up turned around his back to the sitters and he apologized to people he said the things you and your family have suffered and this is why we invest so much we're going to continue doing industry-wide efforts to make sure no one has to go through the things your families have had to suffer he apologized to people now if I were Mark Zuckerberg, I would have stood up and said something different. I, totally different. I would have stood up and said, I would like to apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for these feckless, serpent tongue politicians who are sitting here telling me that me and my company kill people when their policies have done more to destroy the lives of good Americans and people over the world than anybody else, and they never are held to account for it. The great society wiped out a generation of people. You look at the policies that they put in place, even locally, these politicians in New York and blue cities, and look what's happening to city after city. And these serpent-tongued, two-faced, grandstanding, turdish politicians have the nerve to ask me to apologize? And I'll tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not killing your children, and my company isn't killing your children. You are responsible for your children. Your children aren't born with a device in their hands able to get on the Internet. They're not born with an iPad, with an iPhone, with one of those Google phones or Android things and saying, let's get on Facebook. 
You allow them to go on these social media sites. You do. Why don't you police your children? If you don't want your children harmed by social media, keep your kids off of social media. Let's stop with this. Let's blame American businesses for all that's wrong with society. Be parents. If you are worried about your kid on social media, keep your kids off social media. Tell them, nope, you can't use the iPad. Nope, we're going to block Facebook. We're going to block TikTok. We're not going to let you do those stupid challenges because you're not going to go on the website. And these feckless politicians will not actually call it like that because they're looking for a headline. There's your apology. And if you don't like it, put it where the sun doesn't shine. We got to go take a break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. Mark Zuckerberg just, I mean, I mean, come on, Mark, show a little gonads. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why this was so big, tide is high, Blondie. Why, Diego? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because on this day in 1981, Blondie went number one on the U.S. singles chart with the tightest high, the group's third U.S. number one, also number one in U.K. Can you believe that? Nice. Blondie. Debbie Harry. I'm not the kind of girl who gives it up just like, oh, no, that's not what she says. She says, I'm not the kind of girl who gives up just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this whole thing with Mark Zuckerberg, it really ticked me off. Make the poor guy. I said, I mean, not the poor guy. I mean, look, Facebook is not a friend of conservatives. I get that. And I and I think that this whole 230, Section 230 should be repealed. But enough, you're going to apologize to parents. Parents ought to be apologizing to their children. If they let their children on these sites and their children get hurt on these sites, mommy and daddy should have been paying a little bit more attention to what you do and what you're doing and not let you on these sites that can cause you to be harmed. Tell your kid no. Sorry. I remember when I was a kid, we had like, we didn't have social media, we had other things socially going on, like we had clothing. So black leather coats were in, right? They were the in thing, a black leather. Man, everybody wanted to get a black leather and go to school in a black leather. My parents were like, nope, you're not wearing a black leather. Forget about it. Nope, hoodlums wear black leather. You're not wearing black leather. You're not going to be associated with that. Oh, but mom, but dad, everybody. You're not everybody. If everybody said, I used to hate when they would come with this stuff. If everybody said they wanted to jump off the Empire State Building, would you jump off too? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell your kids no. Stay off social media. We couldn't watch certain things. There were certain things on TV. Parents said, nope, no way you're seeing that. Speaking sorry. of which, sorry, Bo, have you ever seen Jimmy Neutron? No. That's Who's a Jimmy show. Uh, there's a part where um, where he wants to go out for a school night, and he's like, all my friends are going. And the dad says, I know, son, but if all your friends were named Cliff, would you jump off of them? <laughs> Just stupid, but it's funny, right? <laughs> right. But it's true. Parents used to actually take responsibility. Oh, your kid wants to be on Facebook, but you think Facebook is the worst thing on earth. No, you're not going on Facebook. No, we're going to put parental controls on your devices. No, you can't do it. And problem is solved. Nobody wants to do that. Okay. Some of you will be glad to know that New York Republican moderates have uh, reached a deal to consider addressing the salt tax. That's where you actually have to pay your taxes. You don't get the deduction for paying your federal taxes, which a lot of other states don't get. And so a lot of the people of means that are paying more money now are upset that they have to, they no longer get that nice little cute deduction. And that's one of the ways that the city has kept spending up because they don't have to worry. They don't have to lower taxes. Oh, don't worry. They're getting a federal deduction. So anyway, Mike Lawler, a bunch of them, they're so proud of themselves. They're now, it's now going up to a vote in the house. I, well, anyway, yeah, New York city police brass is blasting those migrants, the illegal aliens who attacked the cops and gave the cops a beatdown in Times Square. No one's asking the question that I asked earlier. How is it that four illegal aliens can beat down two armed police officers in the middle of New York City? How does that happen? Does it have something to do with the lowering of standards over the years? But issue we're not supposed to talk about. And, of course, it was not four, it was five that beat up New York City police officers. Four of them have been released with no bail. Go figure. New York Times has a column. I'm going to put this in the Saturday stack. Maybe this is something that I'll talk about with Princess Di. I don't know. Oh, man, Princess Di. (sighs) Boy. Every day, more and more articles. I another one today. Michelle Obama is the choice. Much more people want Michelle Obama than Joe Biden. She started this thing. It has a life of its own. I'm on your side still. Okay, good. Thank you. At least somebody is. I get all kind of stuff. I got Rhonda, America's small caffeinated mom. The other day, she sends me a text. She says, "What? Well, um, let me find it. It's something like." Hey, if you need me to, if you need some help paying off that bill after you you lose your bet to Diana, I'll help you out. It's like, hey, thanks, Rhonda. How's that for support? Thanks, Rhonda. 
And after the show, they're all texting Diana. Oh, you're right. They put me in the group text so I can see them. Every, yo, you're right, Diana. James doesn't know what he's talking about. You're right. It's going to be Michelle. I can't wait. Anyway, maybe I'll put this in the stack. Maybe I won't. This is a profound piece today in the New York Times. It is earth-shattering in its profundity. One of the most profound things that you will likely come across in the mainstream press. It is an opinion column by a woman named Jessica Gross. The headline, stunning. You may want to sit down. I'm sitting. Okay, here's, here's the headline. Good marriages are good. Bad marriages are, well, bad. That goes in the Saturday stack. That's it? That's the headline? <laughs> That's the headline. Good marriages are good. Bad, bad marriages are, well, bad. All right. Earth-shattering. I mean, who knew? Who could figure that out without the New York Times columnists? I mean, who? who it's a brand-new novel thought. Imagine that. Bad marriages could actually be bad. Wow. I, I... As I said, it's startling in this profundity. My life will never be the same. It's fanny time. It's fanny time. Everyone is out to get my fanny. Everybody wants to see my fanny. Everybody likes to hold my fanny. But she loves no one but me. Everybody wants to seize my fanny. Everybody likes to squeeze my fanny. They do everything to please my fanny. Still, she loves no one but me. Oh, don't. Georgia Trump prosecutor Nathan Wade, who loves the fanny. All up in the fanny has settled his divorce case. This is with the wife that he kicked to the curb. She's gorgeous too. So now he thinks that he may not have to testify about him in the fanny. He figured out maybe I better shut the ex-wife up. So some kind of way, the day he was. The day after he was appointed from traffic court up to prosecuting the most famous political case in American history, he filed divorce from his wife of 26 years, kicked her right to the curb for the fanny. Anyway, he settled up with her. Hopefully now, won't have to do any testimony about what all took place. This is a Fannie-related story. Georgia's Fulton County is hacked. Hackers got into the court and other systems in Fulton County, but Fannie's office said the Fannie was unaffected. They didn't get into the Fannie's files. The fanny is safe from the hackers. The only one in the fanny seems to be old Nathan Wade, at least that we know of. Now, 
Danny and her lover, Nathan Wade, who loves the fanny, have been subpoenaed to testify in an upcoming hearing according to a new lawsuit filed by a Trump RICO co-defendant. Fannie's office was accused of intentionally withholding information in a a new lawsuit filed by Ashley Merchant, the attorney representing Trump co-defendant Michael Roman. The subpoenas may force Fannie and Nathan to give sworn testimony coming on February 15th. The hearing is supposed to be televised. So you might be able to see your Fanny live on TV. Time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. Marvin Gaye takes us in. Sadly, on this day, Marvin's first wife, Anna Gordy Gay, who wrote a lot of songs with him, passed away. Anna Gordy Gay. Yes, she's related. Older sister of Barry Gordy. The settlement, I remember this. When they divorced, the settlement was he had to give all the proceeds of his next record to Anna, yeah, to Anna Gordy Gay. And that's when he came out with Here My Dear. Arguably the worst record that Marvin Gaye has ever done. That record probably had more returns than it had sales. It stunk up the joint. And all of us respect, he did this on purpose. He's like, here, oh, you want some proceeds? I'm going to give you the crappiest record known to man. Take your proceeds, baby. That's what I would have done, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, time to check in with Luke Dobbs here on Bo Stanley's Rush Hour. Keep it right where it is. Your call is coming up, 800-848-WABC. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1970, J5, number one with this one. And the studio musician lineup on this was insane, by the way. I understand that's Joe Sample on the keyboards on this. Joe Wasn't Sample it the from Brothers? the Crusaders. Crusaders. Ah. And a bunch of other heavyweights on this. J5, number one. The song, I Want You Back, originally intended for Gladys Knight and the Pips. After the Jacksons, forget about it. Also on this date, 1987, Paul Simon's at number one. His biggest, I think, solo album ever, Graceland. This album was on the charts for 163 weeks. It won the 1987 Grammy Award for Album of the Year. 
Paul Simon on the charts number one with this one from the Graceland album. away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Carmela in Queens, you're up. Carmela, thank you for waiting. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hello? Hi there. Hello. You're, Hi, not, you're up, you're on. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, Hi. I can just relate to what you were saying about... um. The uh, people stepping up for the NYPD officers that were assaulted yesterday. Um, back in the old days of New York, that wouldn't have been able to happen. You would have had people, you know, pounding on those those uh, illegals and and standing up for the police department. And I'm a mom of a police officer, and my son loves his job, and I'm going to stand by him. But it is very hard. I. If he told me he wanted to leave, I'd do whatever I could to support him. And thank you. And thanks for his service, Carmelo. We appreciate you so much. Sandra, New Jersey, you're up next. Hi, James. Hi, um, I just wanted to hang you doing, James. I just wanted to say this is a little bit, you know, hopeful. So the Georgia Senate Special Committee was formed to investigate Fannie Willis's misconduct. What I like is that it's going to be. Well, Bert Jones, he's a Republican, a lieutenant governor, Republican. He's going to be on the committee, and it's going to be six Republicans and three Democrats. So I and what I like is the headline that the New York Post said. We, we did the headline last week. Da Fanny is going to be probed into by this committee. Paraphrasing that headline. Oh, no. If you're on hold and we didn't get you, my apologies. We'll get to the phone sooner tomorrow, so please give us a ring. We got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow, 4 o'clock, for the Thursday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. Until then, bye. Bye.